very hard on, on fitness and um, and the running game. That's what kind of led me to, to want this dream of being a, a racing driver. There's no point in time in anything except standards of excellence. We will deal with the Talton Cup if we're in it and we'll, we'll certainly give it every bit of respect. There's no feeling that beats playing for Ireland. My God, I'm going to do everything that is possible to bring us there. This is Sports Beat Extra. On today's show, we're focusing on the epic Southeast Derby that played out in Ferry Carrick Park yesterday evening. I'm joined by both sides' managers. We're then shifting focus to rugby and the movement that's happening in Kilkenny. I'm Sean Connolly, and you are very welcome to Sports Beat Extra. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. Following on from last night's dramatic game in the Southeast Derby in Division 1 between Wexford and Waterford, I'm very, very pleased to be joined by Waterford FC manager Danny Searle. Danny, how are you today? Oh, very well, thank you, Sean. How are you? Doing great. Now, last night was quite the game delivered. There wasn't much that it didn't have. What was your assessment? I think we, we have to try and take the positive out of it. It's, it's now six unbeaten for us. Um, it, it's a weird one because it actually should have been a victory for us with the chances we created and the situation we put ourselves in. But to be fair to Wexford, I thought they started much better than we did. And when it got to that sort of 20, 25 minute mark, you're thinking that they were the better side and we we needed to get a foothold in the game, which we started to do. We probably had the best three chances in the first half, albeit against the runner play at times. Um, But nil-nil at half-time, you're thinking we need to be better. And we did, we started the second half how we wanted to start the game, to be honest. And when we took the 2-0 lead, you're thinking, right, OK, we could really kick on here and score three or four. But they played to Wexford, they stuck with it. And I think overall, a draw was probably a fair result. That being said, in your position, to have a two-goal lead, even if it was slightly against the run of play, as you said, it must have been quite frustrating to see that slip. Yeah, I, I, we, we, we were, once we took the 2-0 lead, we were in a really strong position and... There's a five, five, six minute spell after the second goal where you're thinking we could have probably scored two or three more. And as a staff sitting there and watching the game and standing there and watching the game, we, we felt very comfortable. And it's just a moment and a moment and a lapse of concentration from, from us. Um, the centre half reversed the, the free kick. We didn't, we didn't switch onto it and fair play to them. A little, a little set piece routine and it gets them the penalty. And after that, it, it was. It became like a, a, a real old-fashioned cup game. It's like a basketball match. They'd attack, we'd attack. They'd attack, we'd attack. And it, it, it wasn't nice for me because I'm, I'm someone who likes my teams to control the game, and we lo- we lost that control. Undefeated in six, a huge game up on the 9th of September against Cork. I mean, there's massive momentum to be taken into it with the fact that you have that dogged determination and you are unbeaten, and it really sets up a mouthwatering game against Cork on Friday, the 9th of September, doesn't it? Yeah, look, I think there's. I was quite harsh on the team last night, and I'm still, still quite angry with them because I think that one of the things that we've kind of said about this this group of players is that there's times where they show a little bit of lapse, a bit, a little bit of a lapse of concentration. But you know what? Overall, the, the the progression the team's made has been brilliant. Last night secured playoffs for us as well, mathematically. I know everyone was saying, oh, you're going to be assured of that, but I'm, I'm a big believer in dealing with facts. So it's factual now that we we can't finish outside the playoffs. And from our perspective, it's about building momentum now, making sure we go into those games at the end of the season full of confidence, with a clear understanding of what we want to do. And 
obviously, as you mentioned, that starts with um, with Cork on on the ninth and a massive game and something that they're going to want to try and try and put their their championship hopes to bed. And also, we want to we want to put a little bit of a cat amongst the pigeons and maybe maybe see if we can create some nerves by catching them with a few more extra points. Absolutely, keep things interesting. And as well as that, you have the added incentive of a tie against Dundalk in the quarterfinal of the Cup. I mean, that's tremendous incentive as well for the players to keep going for the remainder of the season, isn't it? Yeah, look, we, we, we took care of business quite early at Malahide and it was a very professional performance. Ironic, because if we'd have had the same discipline last night, we would probably be talking about three points for Waterford today, but, but these things happen and, as I said, it puts us into the into the quarterfinals. And, but... I'm, I'm a bit of an old stickler in the sense of I've not really thought about the Dundalk game. All focus now is Cork and we'll deal with them first and then look forward to that to that cup tie when it comes. Forever the professional. One thing I want to touch on right before we finish up, obviously there's introduction of a few new faces at the club in Alex Baptiste and we had Raul Luce and we had Timmy Subawale coming into the club. How have they felt the impact in addressing them in these early days and, and how, how have they integrated in? Are you happy with the signings? Yeah, listen, the, the, the new owners have been been amazing since they come in and he's he's set a real um kind of vision for what he wants it to look like and he's backed that up we've given us the opportunity to bring three recruits in we've only actually got timmy in the dressing room at the minute uh they all land lands tomorrow so he'll be in for training next week and alex uh, baptiste will be in um later on that week as well because he's got some family commitments to take care of before he gets out so um, listen, the, 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 the dressing rooms a really good good environment at the minute. Um, but I think we were all quite clear in the sense that we needed to add some depth to what we've got, and adding the three players that we have is it, it, it's only going to improve us. So really looking forward to having them on board. Fantastic! I won't take any more of your time, sir. Thanks very much, and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, always a pleasure, Sean. You take care. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. I'm very pleased to now be joined by the manager of Wexford FC, Mr. Ian Ryan. Ian, how are you today? I'm good, Sean. How are you? Doing very well, sir. Obviously, two all last night in the Southeast Derby, Wexford FC, Waterford FC. Tremendous game, really had everything for the spectator. What was your takeaway from the night? Uh, mixed emotions to be honest with you um, really pleasing to come back from, from 2 nil down and great spirit and great fight for us to do that and, uh, it's a testament to the character of the group we have now but um, if we hold ourselves to the standards that we expect in the group our, our performance level wasn't where we wanted to be um, and we haven't said that too often over the last number of ones so um you know, it's important that we picked up something, we picked up points, uh, and particularly in the position we found ourselves in. But um, for a bigger, wider picture, yeah, we were a bit disappointed with how we performed. I can appreciate that. I suppose there is a lot to be taken away, though, from a game whereby you're two goals down in the second half and you can somehow bring it back and gain a point from it. So while I can appreciate the frustration with the lack of three points, especially at this point of the season, it's a commendable point. And something that I noted from last night was an absolutely tremendous turnout at Ferry Carry Park. There was nearly over 800 people there. That must have been fantastic to see at this stage of the season. Yeah, it is fantastic. The crowds have been brilliant. And, uh, you know, they've whatever quadrupled in their numbers and so on like that. And, you know, that's testament just purely down to the players and uh, the effort and the energy that they give on the pitch and uh, the success 
uh, or the relative success we've had uh, lately. And, uh, you know, that attracts people and it's important that they keep coming and we'll need them towards the end. And hopefully we can uh, use that as a as a base and, and improve the attendance further again. From, from the outside, looking in at this and week in, week out following the games, there's a tremendous never-say-die mentality amongst this bunch. What, what do you attribute that to? Because even last night, you're talking less than 30 minutes left, and to be able to get back in the game in that manner and also have opportunities to possibly get the three points, what, what is it about this side? What is it about that mentality that's there? Yeah, that's your basics. That, that's a given that we have to fight. There has to be a hunger. Like We want, uh, we want to be successful. There has to be ambition. And you know, each individual has to bring that, and then collectively as a group, uh, we drive that together and uh, set the standards for ourselves. So, yeah, we don't want to be a soft touch. We want to be hard. We want to be aggressive. We want to go after teams. And you know, when we're in the trenches, we need big people to stand up. And the players did that really well last night. And you know, there'll be moments later on in the year, hopefully in important games, where, where we're going to need to stand up to be counted. And I've absolutely no qualms that I know the players are capable of doing that. I suppose the tail end of the season, five games remaining. Next up, Athlone. And the fixture list looking in such a way that you've got Athlone and Bray, who currently sit below you in the table. And then it's trips to Cork and Galway, who are fighting it out at the top. And on to the very last game of the season, which we have discussed previously, has the potential to be a winner-takes-all. I suppose, given what happened with the second-round defeat to Dundalk in the Cup which was obviously very frustrating, but there were so much positives to take from that. You now have a run-in where the side can focus solely on that run-in and the possibility of playoffs. How, how are they geared up for this? Yeah, we're raring to go. It's what we've, what we've got to. Um, and, you know, all that's gone on before is really irrelevant to our season breaks down, not even to five games. I break it down to four games because we need to, we need to make sure that that last game against Treaty is alive. Um, so that's our ultimate game. Our season is about four games now to ensure that we, we take it to that final day and uh, make sure that the winner takes all moments. And uh, that's what we're geared towards. But, uh, you know, on a progress level, if we take it as an overall whole, to have Wexford season alive with five games to go is a remarkable achievement for the group and the progress that we've made as a club. So, uh, yeah, we don't want to kind of moral pat on the back we want to actually go and achieve something and uh, we'll be going hell for leather in our next five games It's great to hear and we'll all be watching on very eager to see how the season finishes out Thanks ever so much for your time as always Ian and uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend You too Sean, thank you Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors Cashel Road Clonmel You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie I'm joined now by Mr. James Blanchfield, the Public Relations Officer at Kilkenny Rugby Club. How are you doing today, sir? Good, thanks, Sean, and yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. No complaints. There's a lot happening in Kilkenny Rugby, particularly within the club itself. The first team obviously claimed massive success in the town's cup win. How is the squad set currently? Yeah, the squad is it's well set. I suppose going back to last April, the, 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 the town's cup win was massive. It was great to bridge a 20-year gap. However, I suppose in many respects, that win probably masked over some of the cracks that we had as well kind of it mightn't because we won the cup we mightn't have we, we, it, was, it would have been easy for us to rest on our laurels and not fix some of the problems we had because 
we were having issues with squad depth last year, particularly with a lot of injuries in certain parts of the season, particularly in the middle in the middle quarter of the season. We we, we had a lot of issues with injuries of 13 players are out. But in context, kind of taking the learnings from that and where we needed to improve, um, Dave O'Connor and his coaching team kind of highlighted the areas where we needed to add depth. So they've brought they've brought in about seven or eight new players into the club. And when I say new players six or seven, about five or six of them are actually from Kilkenny. They're Kilkenny lads who have just been played elsewhere, who we've kind of approached to get them home to Kilkenny. Guys coming from joining us from Banbridge, from Old Wesley, uh, and other clubs like that. Just coming back to try and, I suppose, help the club. So that's uh, that's good. So there's seven new players in, uh, a couple of second rows, a new centre, and Jake Prattley, who is a, a, a guy from the UK, but he is the director of rugby for the Finnish ladies team. Um, he lives in Helsinki. He played the last two seasons with us, so he wasn't due to come back to play this year with us, and he's returned. Um, Brendan McSorley has joined us from Banbridge. He's a local chap as well. Spent most of his younger years living in Kilkenny, but his family moved up to uh, Oma when he was 13. And uh, he's really, the family has returned to Kilkenny, so he's coming back to us. He's a big addition. Um, so it's just kind of adding players like that. Back into back into our group, we'll add is what we're hoping we'll add depth to it, and they're quality players. Oh, definitely. Where the biggest impact of that will happen will be for our second team. That last year, when we were in the depths of injury and, and squad depth, that our second team suffered every week because players, the only place players could come from was from them. With seven or eight new players in the team, it'll allow greater squad depth, subsequently allowing the second to be stronger every week as well. So, I think it's a it's a win win for everybody. Um, within the club what well, I think is major kudos that's deserving to the coaching team for for I suppose not allowing the success of the Towns Cup last year to, mar- to, to, to plaster over the cracks to actually bring the issues out into the open and they've done a very good job at, 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 at recruiting to make sure that we don't see a repeat of the uh, of last year and that the issues are solved fairly quickly Not moving away from that but more so just enhancing it Obviously, the, the first team had the success at the Towns Cup, but equally, the women's team had an extremely successful season themselves, didn't they? They did, and look at, I, I suppose, not taken away from the guys' Towns Cup win, the success of the women's team was probably the biggest success in the club last year because our women's team fell, fell apart back in about 2015 or 2016. There was no women's rugby in the club. And the club, in fairness to them, to people like Mags Hennessy, Derek Lawler, and uh, Mary-Louise Brody, Gary Brickell, and others... They went back to basics, went right down to grassroots and, and, and actually introduced youth and minis rugby into the club for the first time. Um, there was a kind of a, a plan put in place to try and have a women's team uh, back competing in the Leinster League by 2022, which is this season. That happened two years early, just because of good work of good people. There was a cohort of ladies there who wanted to play rugby. And as what they did was they actually continued, they got themselves up and running, they got a coach, a guy called Paddy Moss, who previously wasn't involved with the club. He played rugby in Kenny College, all right, but he wasn't previously involved with the club and his sisters were involved with the team as well. They got him in as the coach and slowly but surely they just trickled away piece by piece, by by, by week by week, to, to, to get a squad of players ready back, back into action. So last year was their first season back in back in competitive rugby, playing league rugby and they were just pipped at the post to win the league, but they still gained promotion up to Division 4. And then winning, the they, they won the Division 5 Cup last year as well. So, you know, coming from a zero start of 
and having no women's rugby in the in the club from 2015 forward to a point where we're feeling mini girls, youth girls, and an adult ladies team. I think that can be considered an incredible success for the women. And you know, I was out there tonight looking at some training. I think they have 36 players on the on, on the adult women's team. That's an incredible incredible achievement for them to be at that level in just a very very short period of time. And we're kind of they they won the Port Dara Tens the weekend up in up in Port Arlington, um, which is kind of a pre-season uh, rugby competition up in Port Arlington, and they went up there and they won that. So playing against teams also who are in there at their current level in the new league that they're going to be in. So I don't think there can be any concerns about the women's team going forward into the new season. Uh, with 36 players at training every week, I think the only way is up for them. And, um, you know, as a club, we're absolutely thrilled to see it. But you don't get to where you are without the hard work and endeavours of focused people. And, you know, the people I mentioned just uh, alluded to a few minutes ago, they're the people that really deserve the pats on the back for, for all of their hard work to get women's rugby back where it is in the club. On the show, I'm a massive advocate for the 20 by 20 athlete. So to see the women's game progressing so well, it's it just warms the heart. It's fantastic and I'm delighted that they're getting the exposure they deserve. It does, but it's also gone, it's also filtering down through the levels. Like, I mean, women, girls rugby is now played in the schools at Kilkenny. We haven't been able to get boys rugby into, into schools at Kilkenny, secondary schools at Kilkenny. Despite the best the best efforts of everybody in the club, I think we're actually one of the only counties in Ireland where there is no schools rugby played, barring Kilkenny College, of course. But Kilkenny College aren't aren't what we would refer to as a a bona fide feeder into the club because when boys are are playing for Kilkenny College, they actually can't play club rugby. But you know, it's fantastic to see girls rugby being played in the two large girls secondary schools in Kilkenny, and uh, we would love if the boys secondary schools. Would, uh, would come on that journey with us as well. But, you know, you choose your battles and um, hopefully hopefully in years to come we'll see that. Fingers crossed. Now, obviously, there's there's a lot going on at the club with the, the next phase of the ground development. How, how is all that progressing for you? That's going really well. Um, you know, we were, as a club, we, we invested a lot of money in the club back in the early 2000s. Uh, good was great floodlighting system in place, which allowed us to kind of play matches and so forth under, uh, under lights. Before that, there was very little. Pre-2005, there was very, very little done. Um, our dressing rooms had fallen into, I suppose, a poor state of repair. They were in a bad shape. Or in many respects, I hope I don't upset anyone, but our dressing rooms used to be a little bit of an embarrassment compared to, to what other clubs would have had. Um, we got um, sports capital grant funding a number of years ago, which we kind of sat on for a few years. However, it was a cohort of like-minded people came in on a new committee in the club and their 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 objective was to expedite the um the uh, delivery of the new dressing rooms. So the new dressing rooms were completed this time last year. So that was the addition of two new dressing rooms, a shower block and a new gymnasium which which allows us now to feel like we were at, we, we were beyond capacity on our dressing room space because of the introduction of more youth teams and girls teams and women's teams. So now we have six very large dressing rooms in the club. Um Two shower blocks that can be segregated for 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 girls and men, and um, the new gymnasium. So the next phase of the ground improvement is kicking off now. To on Monday, where they're going to be all, all of the car parks uh, are going to be resurfaced, remarked, just a little bit of upgrade work there, and there's going to be improved uh, LED lighting, more efficient lighting put on the on the floodlights that went into the scene in 2005, and there's going to be improved fencing put around the pitches. 
So all of these things, as as I said at the beginning, it's bit by bit, by by, by week by week. You're just looking to kind of keep keep the ball rolling, small small incremental improvements, and make sure that the club is in a strong place for for the next generations to take over, and for to make it appealing for young kids and boys and girls and opposing teams to visit Fugstown and come out and play there as well. Obviously, the the rugby club is very much central and integral to the community and recently completed a, a training session with Leinster in Folkestone. How did the day turn that out was, and what way was the community response to it? That was absolutely brilliant. We didn't know how it was going to how it was going to fare out um, because Leinster, Leinster went on their 12-county tour last last week pretty much trying to touch into all 12 Leinster counties to try and get something done in them, be it, be it a, 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 a training session or a barbecue or just visit the town or a gym session or something like that or a swim at the beach. But um, last Friday, um, they had uh, two open training sessions happening at the same time, one in a Thai and one in Kilkenny. So on that provide understanding, we didn't really know how it was going to go around because it was a split crowd. But luckily, um, there was about 22 Leinster players in attendance and all 22 were all of the Irish superstars that Leinster would really have in the squad, barring Thai Furlong you could rattle off a full Irish team that was in attendance. Uh, Keen Healy was there, um, Andrew Porter, Dan Sheehan, James Ryan, um, um, Johnny Sexton, Gary Ringrose, um, pretty much pretty much all the superstars were there. So that was absolutely brilliant. And what we heard then is what happened was people who were in a Thai heard who was in Kilkenny and got in their car and drove from a Thai to Kilkenny to actually see brilliant, it. Brilliant. So at the heel of the hunt, there was probably, I'd say, about six or 700 people in the ground. Um, it was incredible to see, uh, incredible to see the players in action. They are just the, the, the sheer speed and intensity that they operated that and trained that was was was, was just incredible to see. Um, but what was more incredible was the time and effort that they made at the end of the training session for for all the young boys and girls, kids, for autographs and photographs and just meet and greet and giving out gifts and goodies and stuff like that. It, it, it was great to see, but it was also great for us as a club to get to showcase our. I suppose our grounds and our upgrade work, new dressing rooms and so forth, to to the Leinster team and to allow to allow the Leinster team who would traditionally be in their bubble in in the RDS and UCD actually come down and see what's happening around the province and it was great for us for for to see them in our ground uh, strutting their stuff. Well, it's it's very easy to forget that the vast majority of these guys they grow up in communities like ours. So for them to be able to get out and to be able to give back to the community and spend that time with the children, as you said they did, they love that because it's something that they're missing out on on a regular basis. And if anybody is listening now and they're interested in getting involved, what advice would you give to anybody, small or big, if they want to get involved with the club? Just go out and enjoy it. I mean, the first thing is about any sport is make sure you're enjoying it, you know. Um, that's that, that's why we all do it, you know, it's... it's it's, it's in my mind winning is always secondary and things you know it's the friends that you make out of it so make sure you enjoy it come out with no expectations of yourself and um, come out and listen to your coaches and work hard um, but the, the only advice I would say is come out come out start playing rugby with an open mind and uh, allow yourself to enjoy it and make friends because you know when you're enjoying something with your friends it, it gives you a reason to come back every week How young can boys and girls equally get involved with the club? So we we have a very vibrant mini section which I think starts at under sevens, under sixes and under sevens at uh, ten o'clock every Sunday morning out in Fugstown starting from this Monday. And that's boys and girls from under se- under six, under sevens, the whole way up to under twelve. 
which is then post under 12 as you're moving into youth rugby, which is kind of midweek training on Tuesday, well, midweek training on Tuesdays and Thursdays or Wednesdays and Fridays, whatever it is, and matches on the weekend. Um, but it's kind of free and open to everybody to come out. Um, and I suppose the message I will give is come out, try your hand at it. Give it. Don't give up day one. You know, come out, try your hand at it, listen to your coaches, be coachable. Coaches are great at that young age. It's not about winning. It's not about anything. It's just one about running around, nearly running around headlessly in circles, just passing the ball and enjoying it and getting on a bus, going away to a Blitzby or wherever it is around Leinster, getting to see the province. And, you know, there's young fellas that I played against when I was seven and eight who I still meet now going to clubs around around the province. And, you know, it's, it's from that perspective, you, you make friends far and wide out of rugby. Great advice and uh, an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I hope you enjoy the rest of the weekend, my friend. Good stuff, Sean. Thank you very much and thanks for the help and giving us the publicity. Sports Beat with John Kennedy Motors, Cashel Road, Clonmel. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota. View our full range of cars at johnkennedymotors.ie. That's everything for today's show. As always, if you want to talk about anything sport-related or your club or society, simply drop me a mail at sports at beat102103.com and I will get back to you. Dean's up next with Beat Anthems, but right before that, we got something very special for you. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy, the solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie. How do you fancy winning a grand for your club? Club Focus is back. Each month, I'll visit a club in the region and give them a chance to take their place in the limelight to feature on air, online, and across our socials. At the end of the 12 months, one lucky club will bag 1,000 euro bursary. The winning club will be chosen through a public vote, so why not use the opportunity to attract new members? Club Focus is part of Beat's ongoing commitment to support the work that local clubs do, while also celebrating the positive impact that they have on local communities. So if you want to get your club involved, head to beat102103.com forward slash Club Focus to apply now. Club Focus with Eco Solar Energy, the solar experts you can rely on. Make the cleaner choice. EcoSolarEnergy.ie